Right Report, a podcast from the Master Executive Council of JetBlue Alpha for the Union Pilots of JetBlue. Now from New York, Ride Report. Well, hello once again, and welcome back, fellow JetBlue Alpha pilots and other podcast listeners to Ride Report. I'm your host, J.R. Hall. Quite a bit to get into here on this episode, and every stitch of it is part of our ongoing Section 6 contract negotiation process. It might be fair to say that there are those pilots who read the comm that came out on Monday, the 19th of September, and you know what we're going to get into. And we've got the group to expand more on that. But if you haven't yet, we'll get you filled in, sure, but please take the time, a couple, two, three minutes, to read it over and also see the questions and answers portion as well so that every single JetBlue Alpha pilot is ready to give the crucial guidance to our negotiating committee who is joining us here today and your LEC elected representatives so they both are able to steer us through this new phase of Section 6 contract negotiations. Let's jump into it here right now. Joining us for this episode from the Negotiating Committee, Captain and recently elected Negotiating Committee Chairman, Tommy Young. Tommy, how are you? Good, JR. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for joining us again. Captain Jeff Harbison. Jeff, hello. Hey, JR. And recently elected and joining the podcast for the first time, Captain Dan Gorda. Dan, how are you? Morning, JR. Doing great. Dan, before we get started here, like we just said, recently elected, give us uh, a quick introduction for yourself on the podcast here. Tell us a little bit about your time at JetBlue and and then with JetBlue Alpha as well. Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, It's great to be part of uh, the negotiating committee and to join this team, especially as we embark upon a, uh, a new opportunity here in the negotiating process. I've been with JetBlue 15 and a half years, uh, Airbus FO, 190 captain, 320 captain, and now in the SQ. Uh, my time with Alpha between Transstates and, and JetBlue, I've worn a number of different hats between uh, communications, membership, uh, some grievance work, and then at JetBlue, uh, System Scheduling Committee Chairman. Initially, um, I did some work on CBA1 uh, with the negotiating committee there, and uh, then obviously now full-time on the negotiating committee for uh, CBA uh, so the MEC has voted unanimously to focus and execute a strategy on a short-term contract extension. Before we jump into that, can we break it a little bit wider, Tommy, Jeff, Dan, to the industry landscape? Where are we right now? Because I think there's a lot of people that might not understand just how many pilot represented properties are currently in section six negotiations as well. Yeah, JR's time, I'll take it. I'll start it off. And I think it's I think it's good to lay out the landscape of where the industry is. You know, we all friends at other properties and you know this this property's bargaining, this property's bargaining, but you know, a lot of these a lot of our peer carriers and you know even non-peer carriers, you know, started bargaining pre-COVID, right? And COVID put a big stall on the bargaining process over there. And then, you know, in the past, you know, six months or a year, they fired bargaining back up. You know, some restarted mediation. You know, for example, Alaska, Delta, Hawaiian, American, 
Southwest all started bargaining pre-COVID. So they've been in this in this game and in this process for, for quite a while now uh, and still don't have agreements. We heard a couple weeks ago that Spirit was opening early. Uh, Southwest just filed for mediation, I believe, last week. You know, United came out with a, you know, a shorter duration tentative agreement that's, you know, going through a little bit of a different process right now. But, you know, everybody's been in this game kind of uh, for a long time and all at the same time, which is a little unique. You know, it's safe to say that there's quite a few of our peers that, that are, you know, in the in-game bargaining or the late stages of bargaining. You know, as we hmm. saw in CBA one, one of our, you know, other properties, uh, UPS, they just did an extension that that ratified that was compensation only, you know, trying to push them, you know, to the next level. Everybody's in this unique bargaining process right now. Well, and that segues us right into the next question I have. With this contract extension, what exactly is it? Is it a CBA? Is it different than a CBA? We don't hear these common terms or LOA or a uh, an MOU, but within this space is this extension. What exactly is it? Uh, JR, the, we view, I mean, it's a little bit semantics, right? But the, the, the extension, the word that we're choosing to use, an extension, I think really was chosen because our goal is to be hyper-focused and really just carry forward what we have existing today in our CBA. It is still a collective bargaining agreement under the Railway Labor Act. It will go out for ratification if the MEC approves it. It is essentially just changing the duration of our existing agreement while making uh, economic gains for our pilot group. And to that economic gains. So this will, if we work on just Section 3 compensation, and that's what we're focusing on in this example, the pilot group will get to see this and it will be part of a voting process of, of the like we're used to with a, a traditional collective bargaining agreement, correct? Correct. If it's approved by the MEC. To add on to that a little bit, I mean, this will, this will, this process will look familiar to the pilot group, right? You'll see, you know, comms from come out from the MEC, you know, if it's approved, you'll see a roadshow schedule, you'll see education material, you know, you'll have the, the entire voting process will occur. So it's not going to, it's not going to look abnormal once it passes the MEC table to the pilot group. To look back at, at the, Already uh, TA'd sections of the CBA 2.0, the, the current negotiation strategy is probably like any other. It, it hits a lull, it ramps back up, a couple, two, three get taken care of, and then we kind of fall into another lull again. But the timeline since opening early in January of this year to now has come away with several TA'd uh, sections of the contract. For the extension now to get hyper focused, why? Were was something just not working, or is there another component that's in there that's that's driving us to this arena now? You know, the major component, as we all know, is is you know the recently announced you know proposed merger with Spirit. You know, the the company has come out and said that you know they expect a lengthy regulatory approval process. You know, eighteen to twenty four months ish. If this merger didn't have this lengthy process, right, traditionally you would shift gears right into JCBA bargaining. 
due to this, you know, lengthy approval process, we kind of get into this zone where we can continue down the current path and, you know, I'll call it traditional bargaining, you know, try to open up sections and make improvements and work rules and benefits and, you know, the cornerstone sections, which we all know takes quite a while. However, you know, we kind of, we're stuck in this 18 to 24 month piece where we, we don't want the traditional route of section six, you know, the more lengthier route to intersect with that JB, JCBA process, because, you know, we could, we can end up not getting an agreement prior to starting the JCBA. What this does allow, you know, going to an extension uh, compensation focused approach is, is to take advantage of that 18 to 24 month uh, lull, I call, I'll call it, and, and try to put money in our pilot's pockets uh, quicker rather than later. It removes the risk or, or greatly reduces the risk of intersecting with, with the JCBA process. I guess a question, and safe to say that there are quite a few JetBlue Alpha pilots that have not uh, ever had any experience with the merging of another carrier, sure, but also now a, a joint collective bargaining agreement. We've seen some past precedent and how that's played out. But when it comes to a joint collective bargaining agreement, does that... Does that open every section of a pilot's contract for for both sides? Is is all of that up for consideration now? Um, if this if this merger is consummated, right, we will also have to combine our our Alpha infrastructure, and will ultimately decide and direct the joint negotiating committee on what the goals and objectives are in the joint collective bargaining agreement. It can be a lengthy process. It's going to be undoubtedly going to be a complicated process with essentially double the amount of people involved uh, sorting out priorities and goals. I'd also I'd also like to add to what Jeff said that, you know, going to the JCBA will and a joint negotiating committee and we'll have our directives, you know, what to open and, and what to bargain actively. But on the same point that the company also has the opportunity to open sections. So, you know, it's it's kind of a game of cat and mouse as well with, with what sections are going to be opened, uh, you know, during traditional section six, uh, as well as a JCBA. Listed within the com that came out on Monday the 19th and will be discussed about here for the next week's coming is a focus on specific sections of the contract. Is it specifically just compensation or are there other things that are being considered in the short-term contract extension? I mean, as, as communicated, our, our goal is to focus on, on compensation items. Main reason for that is, you know, as I said earlier, we're trying to not intersect with the JCBA process. We're trying to put money in our pilot's pockets uh, sooner rather than later. Whenever you start to open up bargaining on work rules, you know, like if you get into scheduling, you get an hours of service or you jump into benefits like retirement, um, you know, getting into insurance improvements, right? You start to really run into this complex bargaining, uh, you know, and involves a lot of departments at JetBlue like benefits or, you know, scheduling people and, and equally on our side, right? We have to start bringing in SMEs some Alpha staff, uh, committee chairs. So you create this huge complex bargaining that, that really adds a lot of time to the bargaining process. When you just focus on compensation, 
right? It's, it's, it's math, it's data, it's numbers that are easily calculated and bargained. Uh, proposals go quick because there's not a lot of tentacles into work rules that, that you're not intending to open. So focusing on comp will, will truly allow us to shorten that timeline. And I guess to speak to some of the the longer duration timeline in, let's say, work rules as an example, Dan, I'd like to bring you in on this. Ed, you'd sat in with CBA1 as a subject matter expert for work rules. That process was laborious, correct? Can you, can you shed some light on, on just the length of time it took for you to think, craft, create to where it's finally a, a TA'd piece of content? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at a baseline level, anytime you're negotiating something that has to be mechanized. So if you think filling of vacancies and, and mechanizing, you know, how we do vacancies and displacements, uh, if you think about scheduling and how we uh, reconstructed the reserve system uh, in CBA one, all of those things take a lot of time. And it's not just the time it takes to conceptualize the idea. It's the time that it takes to test. It's the time that it takes to bargain details and to bargain the tentacles of a particular system that touch different areas of the contract, like vacation or PTO. It becomes complicated. And then that's not even to speak of, you know, the time it takes to implement any of that after ratification of, of a CBA. As, as we know from CBA 1, I mean, the ratification timeline reached out in some instances as far as 18 months. And, you know, I would point out just to add along to what Tommy said if we continued down the traditional bargaining route, there is, of course, as he said, the concern of intersecting the JCBA, where we move from one type of negotiation directly into another without achieving any gains uh, for the JetBlue Alpha pilots. But the other concern is even if the traditional bargaining had led to an agreement before the JCBA, there isn't any guarantee that those gains get carried forward into a JCBA, especially in areas like scheduling, where we're going to have to find a way, uh, or the JNC is going to have to find a way to marry two ways of doing things between JetBlue and Spirit into one document that governs all of the greater pilot group's uh, work rules. So there, there's multiple reasons why continuing down the traditional route, I think, exposed us to an undesirable timeline and outcome. By drastically reducing the number of items that we're going to speak to through a focused uh, extension uh, based on compensation, it gives us the opportunity to achieve gains that set us up better, either for a joint collective bargaining agreement or for a potential successor CBA, um, no matter which way the transaction with Spirit plays out. Very good. Here's another good question that just came top of mind. As far as we've said that compensation is where we're going to be focused on, and that historically looking back, compensation is something that can be uh, discussed in a shorter period of time. But with that, there's got to be meetings that are scheduled with the company. Is is the regular cadence of meetings that we've seen since January of 2022 enough? Or is this an opportunity to now become more aggressive in those meetings with the company? You know, we... You know, as we've communicated, right? I mean, everybody's seen our schedule that we have with the company. It's usually like two or three months out. You know, we've, we've continued to ask the company to secure more dates at the table, you know, just for our current process, uh, you know, prior to the change of direction. Due to the limited number of items, 
you know, and we're working within that 18 to 24 month lull, you know, we're going to, to aggressively seek a, a schedule that gets us more table time. Uh, and I'll add that, you know, obviously we're going to seek that and be pushing the company to also accept an aggressive schedule. Within that, with going with a limited number of items, focusing on compensation, it allows the table time to to really become effective because you're looking at a narrow a narrow scope of bargaining. All right, let's get into some of the the more nitty gritty areas of the contract extension. Specifically, the the first one I can think of is what is the duration of of this contract extension? So duration, like all of the other sections of the CBA, is going to be a subject of bargaining. But our goal is going to be to bargain uh, an extension that is of short duration. We are attempting to acquire and merge with Spirit Airlines. So we want a duration that takes into consideration that merger and provides for off-ramps in the event that the merger is unsuccessful. Another thing with the duration, if you want to think about it in this context, JR, is, is you know, the, the extension is almost try to, trying to bridge a gap between today and the JCBA. So that duration we're trying to slot into and to fill that, that need or, or bridge that gap. Extensions are generally used to bridge an external event. UPS, for example, most recently doing an extension was uh, to bridge the fact that the Teamsters are expected to have a complicated, contentious bargaining cycle in the next year. And what UPS or IPA was trying to do is extend the contract to get past the Teamsters bargaining cycle. Our particular external event happens to be uh, the acquisition and merger with Spirit Airlines. So we're trying to bridge to that event. Okay, Tommy, Jeff, Dan, it, as far as the the short-term agreement, we've talked about wanting to achieve a very narrow, targeted agreement and take advantage of this gap of time to reinforce the importance of the work that JetBlue Alpha pilots put in every day they come to work. If for some reason, an extension is is not reached. Where where do we end up? As we touched on earlier, Jr. This this contract extension bargaining is still occurring under the Railway Labor Act Section Six, and we have all of those tools that are provided to us under the RLA. We will spool up our Strategic Preparedness Strike Committee. We will spool up our Communications Committee. We will spool up our government affairs committee. And ultimately, we have the National Mediation Board and the mediation process. Ultimately, if this drags out longer than we desire, this will look a lot like the end game of CBA 1 bargaining, where you saw billboards and rallies and picketing. JR, you know, JR, to think about it like big picture, right? We're we're basically taking traditional bargaining like we're doing right now and we're accelerating the timeline we're we're narrowing the open items and we're we're running towards the end game with this and all of this is really going to be predicated on and i think we're familiar with the survey process in engaging with our uh, elected lec representatives as jetblue alpha pilots 
But additionally to that is also participating in the surveys that come out from the negotiating committee. The survey period is going to be open yet again. It's, it's crucial that, and I hope each one of you can speak to this as well, that regardless of how you may feel is putting a, a, a response into the questions that the negotiating committee is asking of JetBlue Alpha pilots specifically for this term. We've got, and I want to touch on the T8 elements already here real quick, but when it comes to the survey and the survey process, it, it is it is literally those answers from every one of our 45 plus hundred pilots that help craft the plan to sit down and what to focus on when it comes to the NC and the and the LEC working together in, in this focused bargaining process, correct? For sure, JR. I mean, it, you know, we just did a survey, you know, beginning of the summer, uh, you know, this previous summer related to contract bargaining. The reason the new survey is coming out, right, there's a there's a new mantra, there's a new charge, there's a new direction to to drive towards an extension. extension. So, you know, we felt it was important to re-engage the pilot group to collect fresh data, uh, you know, with that new perspective. You know, view the survey as your voice, your main point of contact to your reps, to your NC, to the officer table, you know, to ALPA as a whole. This is your main voice in this bargaining process, you know, prior to the ultimate ratification vote. You know, we use multiple data points to to drive recommendations and guidance from the LEC and the, the MEC. And, you know, the survey is one of the, the main or, or major data points we use to establish those goals. Just to add on to that, JR, earlier in this conversation, we talked a little bit about the landscape of the industry. And that is something that we're going to be watching closely and is going to be another data point uh, that we hope to be able to use as some of our peers hopefully wrap up their negotiations. I'll add this, you know, I'm going to ask a a favor, you know, to to everybody listening to this podcast, you're obviously uh, engaged, right? You're taking the extra time and effort to listen to the NC and, and, and trying to get a full perspective of this. You know, when you're sitting in the airplane or, or you're sitting in the hotel van or you're sitting at the hotel restaurant, I mean, strike up a conversation and, and, and talk about this subject and, and ask about the survey and, and their engagement. You know, the, like I said, this is your voice. This is, this is the time to provide the input we need to, to drive this direction. We've been sitting here with the negotiating committee. The MEC has tasked them to reach a short-term extension of our current CBA focused on immediate economic improvements for JetBlue Alpha pilots. This is an extension that is all part of the Section 6 process, and as we are all familiar with, the voice of the pilots is absolutely crucial. We cannot say that enough. Just as Tommy said, engage with one another. Make sure that everybody knows that the survey is is open. Make sure that they know who to reach out to, who to call. If you're not getting an email, make sure you get the email. Make sure you get the link to be able to fill out that survey and arm our negotiating committee with the information that they need to get this process completed. The survey opens Wednesday, September 21st. It is open until Wednesday, October 5th. So Wednesday, September 21st. 
to Wednesday, October 5th for the negotiating committee survey. As we're wrapping up here on Ride Report, a huge thanks to our negotiating committee, Captain Tommy Young, Captain Jeff Harbison, and Captain Dan Gorda. Guys, real quick, what is what is the negotiating committee's view of this area that we're in right now? And, and the question's open for anybody who wants to take it. JR, I, I just think one thing that we haven't touched on yet is that JetBlue management has made a business decision to try and merge with Spirit Airlines. That's what's ultimately provided us with this opportunity for what we're calling an extension of our CBA. We think it's of the utmost importance that our pilot group remains unified and sends management a clear message that we need money, we deserve it now, and we want to capitalize on this opportunity. And I would add on to that, you know, yesterday's email, um, which signaled the, the new direction from the MEC to our negotiating committee, uh, was not only something intended to inform all the JetBlue Alpha pilots, but also I hope the pilot group views it as a call to action. This is a time to educate yourself. This is a time to rededicate yourself to being engaged, to being unified, uh, and to supporting our negotiating process um, as it begins to play out. And the most important way that that can be done in the near term is to complete the survey, encourage your fellow pilots to do the same, and uh, help us set the direction for what we expect to be a uh, successful and prompt extension of our CBA. Tommy, Jeff, Dan, thank you so much, guys, for joining us here, giving us a couple of your moments on Ride Report. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, JR. Thanks, JR. Ride Report, a podcast from the Master Executive Council of JetBlue Alpa for the union pilots of JetBlue.